Good evening. Or if I were a Rosh, I would probably say, praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight with you all. This is the first time I've done this in a while. I hope it's like riding a bicycle in that I uh, remember how to do it. So uh, y'all be patient with me and we'll get, get this lesson done and we'll learn a few things. This week we're talking about bones and that's uh, kind of an interesting way to approach the scripture. Pick out something and then look at how it is all across scripture. Um, I used to have some recordings done by LaJoyce Martin, uh, author and really good friend of mine. And they were of stories for this little made up child. Um, but the stories were a lot of times about, she'd have a CD about the crowns of the Bible, the talking crowns, and she'd make the crowns of the different kings talk. And of course she had Jesus in there and she had David and lots of other stories, sometimes lesser known stories. She did one on rocks. So I guess we're, we're doing that kind of thing this week about bones. So um, let's pray and then we'll get started. God, we love you. We appreciate you. We're so thankful for your provision and your care during this time, during this season. God, help us to rest in you and trust in you and uh, to have patience with this world, have patience with ourselves, have patience with our families. Give us peace and help us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, my job tonight is to talk about Adam's rib. And uh, I will say that ribs are much more important than we think about. I was in a car accident about two and a half, coming up on three years ago, and broke a rib. I actually broke my sternum too, but um, I broke a rib right over here where the seatbelt hit me. Seatbelt got me. I guess it's better than flying out the windshield, but seatbelt got me. Um, and I broke a rib. That hurt so bad. You do not realize until something is hurt how um, how much it how much you use it. Every muscle in my body seemed to tie into that rib. Um, and there's another lesson in that that we're all important, whether we think about we whether we get thought about very much or not. So. Let's read the scripture that brings us the basic story. And then we'll, we'll talk about a few bits of how that applies to us today. It's a very old story, obviously, the story of creation. So we go all the way back um, to Genesis, the book of the beginning. Genesis 2, 18 is where I'm starting. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, in creation, God has created many, many things. In chapter one, we see him creating something and saying it's good. Create something else, this is good. Create something else, it's good. He gets to 
creating man, and he says, it's very good. We focus on that. Um, then in chat, that's, that is, my husband calls that a macro view, a, a, a broad view, a kind of bird's eye view of creation. Then chapter two um, kind of retells that story from a different viewpoint. If you've ever done writing, uh, maybe some of you are doing homeschooling with your kids and talking about perspective, who's telling the story and where are they standing when they're telling the story and this kind of thing. So um, Genesis chapter one is a broad overview of creation. Genesis chapter two, he gets down in the dirt and and creates Adam and he tells more specifically instead of just saying God created all the animals he talks about specifically uh, parts of the creation of man specifically so God is saying in the first chapter it's good it's good it's good it's good it's very good in chapter two he says it's not good for the man to be alone, because at this point we only had Adam created. It's not good for the man to be alone. That is something that I want you to put in your head that we're going to pull in later. It's not good for man, in this case it was a man, but humanity to be alone. So God says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now when I was rereading the story for the lesson, I'm reading along and I'm thinking, okay, here comes Eve. So it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. First of all, it was interesting, and it's a side note, that in this story, he forms from the ground the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. We I've heard many, many times that man is different because he was created from the ground. Well, this one says in chapter two, the different perspective says that from the ground, he formed all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. So that's an interesting perspective again. So he, he says, I'll make a helper who's just right. He forms all these wild animals and birds. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. So this is God's idea of making a helper for Adam. Adam gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. So obviously this took a little while. It's quite a job, but he did it. He named everything. Obviously not in English, but he named the kangaroo and the platypus and the uh, spider and the snail how he came up with all these names i don't know but he did but still there was no helper just right for him so the elephant wasn't good enough wasn't a good companion the giraffe it'd be hard to sleep in bed with the giraffe his neck would always get in the way uh the spider, it would be hard because you might squish him. There was not a helper from among these animals that God had created uh, that was just right for him. 
kind of like a Goldilocks moment here. This one's too big, this one's too small. This one's too fuzzy, this one's too scaly. There wasn't any that was just right. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. So he put Adam to sleep and did a little surgery. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. And uh, here, when I read this scripture, I always think of the, the Etta James song. At last, all my lonely days are over. Oh, I don't know if Adam sang that song, but he says, at last. And then he, he gives this little speech. This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Now, this is interesting to me because he doesn't say, in this story, he doesn't say, hey, baby. He doesn't say, well, hello. He doesn't say, wow, my rib really hurts. Did you do that? He, he gives this speech. So I guess from the beginning, I'll poke at men a little bit here. I guess from the beginning, men have had a little bit of problem communicating with their wives and wives with their husbands. And then he gives this little thing at the end. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now, that scripture is, that verse is interesting because in the context um, of the Middle Eastern culture, the ancient Near East, um, it was very much a communal society and you moved in with your, uh, if, if you were a woman and you got married, you moved in with your, your husband's family. But this scripture says, the assumption is that a man is gonna leave his father and mother and is joined to his wife. I don't know how that, maybe it's just talking about loyalty. I don't know. But um, this is why when two people get married, they, they should choose each other instead of their parents. And parents need to remember that and appreciate that. Um, it's always important to strengthen your children's marriages. Um, one little other piece of the story in Genesis that I want to pull in is from Genesis 5, uh, verses 1 and 2. He's, this is actually the beginning of a big, long genealogy, talking about so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so. Um, this is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. He made them, another translation says, he made them in his image. It doesn't say he made Adam in his image and then Eve came along. It says he made both of them in his image. Um, so there's this story of Adam's rib. 
What can we learn from this story? Well, there's a few easy, obvious things that we can learn. One is it's not good for man to be alone. That doesn't just mean man, that means humanity. In this story, it was a man, but it applies to all of us. It's not good that we be alone. There are other people in our world who can help us emotionally, provisionally, uh, spiritually, mentally. And whether to pull back in the prescriptive or descriptive idea of some things are for a lesson of good and some things are for a lesson of what not to do, everybody can help you if you choose to let them. Whether that means you learn somebody's, learn from someone else's mistakes and you learn what not to do, or you learn from their good example, or you enjoy companionship. I am a, I'm an introverted type of person. I don't do well going into large crowds of people that I don't know. I feel very awkward in those situations. I, um, I tend to be more closed off, meaning I have a, a few good friends and then other people who are my friends. I have lots and lots of acquaintances and I love them all. Uh, but as far as, you know, bosom buddies type of thing, I tend to have a few and, um, I even have to work at making myself do that. So my point with that is saying that my tendency is to be alone. Uh, I'm very happy with my family, with my husband, and um, that's more my circle than anything else. But even in that situation, I'm not alone. I remember when I was in college, I was single, and my parents were wonderful. And after a semester of having a roommate, she moved out and I had a single, a double room as single, meaning I was the only person in the room. It was amazing. It was wonderful. You didn't have to put up with, you know, your roommate snoring or partying or whatever. And, um, but it was a, it was a rather lonely time because I was an hour from my family. I did have church friends and I would even, since I had two beds in there, I'd have uh, girls from the church come over and sleep over and they thought that was cool because they were high school kids and getting to sleep on a college campus. And, um, but it was a lonely time. My husband talks about a similar era when he was at Harvard uh, in, in college and he also had a room by himself. And it was just very lonely and it's not, even though we were, we, we were both at that point surrounded by people on a university campus, there's a lot of people around. We were both living in dorms, people everywhere, but we still felt very alone. And it is not good for people to be alone. So application lesson from this, in this time of COVID, make sure that you are connecting. Now it won't be connecting in the old way. I don't recommend that you go out to eat. Um, going out to eat is a wonderful thing. I love going out to eat. 
means I don't have to cook. But this is not the time for that. But meet in a park, apart from each other, or I heard of two ladies in the church who had gone walking together. And they, instead of walking on the path, they walked to the side of the path, and that way they were sure they were apart. Great idea, perfect ways for people to not be alone and have healthy things in their life. You can do it. It's just that we normally have these patterns of, oh, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And right now, those patterns are busted. Now, the good thing about that is that it's an opportunity to do some new things, to try something you haven't done before. So maybe you, um, you get a group of friends and you have a Zoom call. I know that Zoom costs, but my understanding is it, of it is that if you have a shorter session, like 45 minutes or 50 minutes, that it's, um, it's free, I believe. Um, and we all know how to use Zoom now. So maybe you get together with uh, a group of people and say, hey, I'm gonna have a Zoom party. You wanna come join? Um, I was listening to an audiobook about, it was set in World War II. And it was talking about actually some ladies who helped break the codes. It was an amazing book. But several of those ladies afterwards stayed in touch by a round robin letter. The older ones of you might know what a round robin letter is. But one, one person writes a letter, sends it to person B. Person B takes person A's letter and person B's letter and puts it in an envelope and sends it to person C. They write a letter and then take all three and send them to D and it goes all the way around and around and around and everybody gets to see everybody's letter. It was a way to save postage and share as a group. Um, we're not gonna be doing round robin letters now, but there are ways to stay in touch with groups, with individuals. Um, we just have to work at it. And the point of this lesson is that it is not good for us to be alone. Whatever that means, you might be living in a house by yourself, but you don't have to be alone. Let me shift gears just a little bit and get one other point in, but first I wanna give you some quotes. This first quote was made famous by Henry Kissinger. It doesn't seem like he originated it, but he's the one who made it famous. Nobody will ever win the war of the sexes. There's too much fraternizing with the enemy. Matthew Henry, who I believe was a scholar, he wrote a commentary. He says, women were created from the rib of man to be beside him, not from his head to top him, nor from his feet to be trampled by him, but from under his arm to be protected by him, near to his heart to be loved by him. Now, obviously he's taking some imagery and blowing it up and, and working with it there. So I, I don't necessarily I'm not saying that's scriptural, but it is an idea that women and men should be beside each other, helping each other. That word helpmate or helper, is that's what it is. And my husband always says that it's the opposite of each other. And we do tend um, to pick someone who's our opposite. I am uh, more of a chicken and my husband is more of a risk taker. I'm more quiet. My husband is more loud. Um, I am 
less neat and he is very neat. So those things that attract you to your spouse will then drive you nuts for the next 50 years. Uh, to quote my mother-in-law, I believe I had this story right. They were at a district gathering and um, this was while my father-in-law was district secretary. So they asked Sister Beardsley to come and greet the congregation. And she got up and she said, I'm so glad that God understands women. And at that point, everybody in the congregation turned around and looked at my father-in-law like, what did you do? Um, just a funny moment, but God does understand women because we are made in his image. So a few years back, I don't know if you were with us or not, but a few years back we had a, um, a session where we took a, he's a counselor and a comedian at the same time, named Mark Gunger. I recommend you look up his stuff. He's very good. Um, but he does a thing called a tale of two brains where he just talks about the differences between a man's brain and a woman's brain. Um, I've heard it compared to spaghetti and waffles, whereas men have little boxes with everything in them and women's is all mixed together, connected, but mixed together. Um, and we are different. And, and I know it's stereotypical. Usually the woman talks more and the man talks less. Well, in my marriage, that's flipped during this session and we had my sister-in-law come in as well. She's a psychologist. And my husband looked at me and said, am I a woman? Because I said, no, you're not a woman. Um, because a lot of the stereotypes he has. But usually in a marriage, there will be one on the one side and one with the other tendency. So um, Paul dealt with this. And he says, among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men. And men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from man, remember the story of the rib? The first woman came from man. Every other man was born from a woman and everything comes from God. So even though we've heard um, a lot of times, well, it was, you know, the, the man's more important because he was your first. Paul is saying, yeah, he was your first but then every man since has been born of a woman. My boys were joking around several years ago about girl germs and boy germs. And, um, and so I told my boys, I said, you can forget about that because you came out of me. You were made inside of me. So you had girl germs from the very beginning. So just forget about it. We all have a mother Every man has a mother and he came from her and he would not be here without her. Every woman came from a man. Whether you know who your daddy is or not, you have a daddy um, that contributed your DNA and makes you who you are. We need each other. And this fighting between the sexes or fighting between the parts of the church is not healthy. It's not good because we both come from God. We all come from God. Another scripture in Galatians 3 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. 
there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So to come back around to the, the idea of needing each other and not being alone, we are all bonded together if we keep our eyes on Jesus. It's, it's hard in a multicultural congregation. In some ways, I love it. I much prefer it. But there are difficulties because the assumptions that one culture has might be totally different than another. The assumption of what most women expect and what most men expect is different. Um, rich people and poor people expect different things. And the only thing that binds us together is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So in this time of isolation, in this time of more alone than normal, you're not going to the office and seeing your friends, probably. You're not going out to restaurants and seeing the restaurant full um, and just seeing people can't get together for coffee um, with with your friends. And I would recommend, please be careful with that. As a side note, they're seeing one of the upticks right now is, um, I saw one study that half of the people that were COVID positive had been out to eat. Um, and that's, that's more than pretty much any other thing right now. Um, so be careful with that. Find other ways, do other things, um, because we do, we do need each other. And God from the very beginning recognized this when he made the animals and the giraffe wasn't good enough. So let's find ways to, um, to be together even as we're apart. Now I'm gonna finish up with a little piece of trivia that I didn't know where else to stick in, but I'm a geek and I'm a, I'm a nurse. So I wanted to put this in. There's an interesting piece of data, piece of information, which is about ribs. Um, if you break a rib or if they take off a part of your rib, it will grow back. Did you know that? So I don't know if that's why God chose the rib or not. That's not what I'm saying. Men and women have an equal number of ribs. That is a common misconception. Um, I don't know if Adams grew back or not. The liver also does a similar thing. If you have a piece of it there, it will, it will grow back. So that's just an interesting little tidbit to think about. Um, and I'm so glad that I have a church family that cares about me. And we're trying during this time to uh, facilitate interaction. And we do love each and every one of you. So let's pray and we'll be done for the evening. Dear God, we love you and appreciate you. We thank you for having us not be alone. We thank you for creating other people. And we thank you for our church family. Thank you for people who are different than us. Thank you for our human family as well. God, we ask that you be with us and help us to not be lonely. Help us to make these good connections. 
and we will try to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wonder what the bone lesson is tomorrow. Oh, it's Bible study. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Have a good night.